We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right, welcome to another BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie and Lee and Spencer and Brian on Sunday morning talked three different prospects, Duran of Memphis, Kessler of Auburn, and Mark Williams of Duke, highlighted their pros and cons of each of these three bigs, which one of these bigs would be worth it for Charlotte in the lottery, and which one do they think is going to be the most seamless fit. They talked all about that. We actually recorded this in Slack's new feature called The Huddle. So if you want access to our Slack channel, what you guys need to do is give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and then just screenshot that over to us on Twitter at BuzzBeatPod. We'll take a look at it, send you guys the invite as soon as possible. And then once when you click on the link, not only will you have access to some of the live recordings we do over the offseason with these prospects, but you'll have an opportunity to chat with us in there as well. There's about 70 members right now, some of them more active than others, but we talk about the coaching search, we talk about the Hornets, we talk about TV, we talk about anything and everything. So if you guys want access to that, again, just send us a DM of your Apple Podcast review. And we'll do more of these as the offseason progresses. But right now, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation of those three bigs, Duran, Kessler, and Williams. We're going to start off with what who I think is, is uh, you know, pretty clearly the best of the bunch. And the one guy that is just like unlikely to be there if the Hornets draft at 13, but there's a, a sliver of a chance. I just, I don't buy it. I think he's more of a top seven or eight pick, but we're going to talk about Jalen Duran, uh, finished his freshman year at Memphis, six eleven, seven five wingspan, 250 pounds, uh, power center, physical center and athletically pretty darn special. So I'll start off, I guess, by just kind of getting into some of the physical traits with, with Duran, the, the size strength combination is I think pretty special. Like he, he's a very coordinated mover, very fluid mover, his footwork, I think, is really, really impressive. His coordination for that size is terrific. And the vertical leap is explosive. Like, the guy gets off the floor um, in no time. And with that wingspan, um, he really can be an absolute terror uh, around the basket. So, I really like the, the upside he has on defense. I think he is one of the better defensive prospects um, in this draft overall, I think the processing speed got better as the year went along at Memphis. It's worth noting. He is really one of the youngest, you know, sort of like projected lottery picks, if not the youngest, uh, you know, like American prospect for the draft. Yeah, I've got him as basically the youngest. Yeah. In the draft. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't turn 19 until November, you know, so he'll be 18 still at the start of the season, which is crazy. Um, but I think he just started diagnosing backline help opportunities and filling in the gaps with more consistency. I think he started to communicate better 
as the year went along. Certainly there are some rough moments again in terms of like help defense, defensive processing, pick and roll defense. But but I like the physical tools, the age, and that stuff sort of getting ironed out with time and him getting into uh, like an NBA system. And again, I'm speaking specifically about the defense of Duran. And again, over the course of the season, you could see him make make strides. Um, the rim protection, like I said, very explosive leaper. The second jump uh, is very good. I think the timing that he has is also pretty solid. And I think he just has like kind of an edge to him in terms of protecting the basket. He had, I think like the block of the year um, that came very early in the season against Virginia tech. It just like absolutely, I think it was Naheem Aline and he just absolutely erased the shot at the rim. It was unbelievable. It's not just his leaping ability that allows Duran to block and contest shots. Like again, the length and the wingspan uh, is a game changer and he just gets the shots that I don't think anyone outside of, you know, maybe Mark Williams, maybe Chet Holmgren, maybe Walker Kessler. Like he just gets the shots that no one else can really block. Um, and I think that even comes, I think that applies to shots that don't come directly at the rim. Like he's good at blocking and testing, you know, your floaters, your runners, the so-called giant killers, you know, like I, I think he, he has the ability to um, attack those shots as far as, and I'll finish up here on his, on his uh, rim protection. Then I'll let, uh, maybe uh, one of you two guys go here, but last couple thoughts again, specifically on backline rim protection from Jalen Duran. He can block shots with both hands. Like he'll use whichever one is closer, which I think is I think is actually like kind of unique uh, for this draft class. Um, and he's more than willing to block shots as like a deflection, right? So this is like the classic, like Bill Russell will block a shot to keep it in play and hopefully jumpstart your transition game. Um, and again, the, the shot block numbers for him uh, this season were were absolutely incredible. As are as were they as are they're going to be for the other two guys we're going to talk about. But uh, Spencer, why don't I turn to you first here? What do you think about Jalen Duran as a backline rim protector? Is he the missing piece that Charlotte needs uh, for its uh, its defense here? Maybe not at 18 and a half years old, but I do think that this yeah. guy, yeah, uh, I, I mean, he's probably my favorite, you know, just in terms of pure potential. These three we're going to discuss today as well. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as a backline drop coverage, you know, defender, he, he's got just unbelievable instincts at his age. And that's, that's an awesome point you make about, you know, using both hands. That's absolutely unique. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of guys that have the coordination with their offhand, you know, to go up and locate the ball and, and swat it off the glass. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Duran's physicality or really his, his size, his frame, his wingspan, his athleticism, those three things put together is, I mean, you just, you can't make this kind of stuff up in a lab, right? And again, going back to his age, the fact that he's not even 19 years old yet, it's just so encouraging with the things that he's already doing defensively. On the other end, I think it's a much different story. I mean, uh, I don't think he's a guy that you're – I shouldn't say never. I don't think he's a guy you're going to throw it into um, and ask him to go get you a bucket with his back to the basket, or at least that's that's not really projecting out right now. But he is perfect for what Charlotte wants to do, just – a rim runner, you know, dunker spot guy <clears throat> showed actually some flashes in the short roll this year uh, at Memphis, what I thought I thought was pretty in- encouraging. So, uh, yes, again, to kind of put a bow on it here just from the eye test, I, I think that he-, he projects to be the best of these three. And-, and the one thing that I look at or I try to start with when I'm looking at bigs going from the college game to the NBA game, is this a guy that projects to be able to stay on the floor and leverage minutes, you know, late in games. And Duran does. Um, you know, I think his his footwork is good. It's not great, um, you know, in mismatches, going up against guards. But he does enough stuff right now with his, his athleticism um, that I think one day you clean up some of the footwork stuff, flipping his hips, things like this. And he's a guy that should be able to survive on switches. I'm not sure you can – I think you can say that a little bit about Williams. Kessler's the one I would really be worried about in that – in that area. So th- again, that's what I start with and kind of build off of. Is this a guy that we're not going to have to pull off the floor, you know, late in games and actually uh, stay out there, stick on switches and be able to protect the rim. I, I think he's that guy, but it's going to, again, to be clear, it's going to take a while. I mean, I think he's a few years away from actually being an impact player big in the NBA, in my opinion. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So maybe a little bit of cold water here. I think I, I think I'm slightly lower <clears throat> on Duran than y'all. Um, but am not, I wouldn't say I'm like super low on him compared to consensus or anything like that. Like obviously he's clearly a lottery talent. I think that's fairly undebatable. I'll start with a couple of things that I do love about him and y'all have already kind of hit on it. Um, number one, like it's, it's kind of a shame He's grouped in with these two other guys because he is an awesome rim protector. But when you, you know, when you're compared to Walker Kessler and Mark Williams, like the the rim protection numbers just don't quite pop as much as they would if you compared him to some of the other bigs in this draft class. Like he was first in the American with an almost a 10% block percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Walker Kessler has like a 19% block percentage, which is, I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like it, was, it was an all time number basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just to say he wasn't as good as the best uh, college yeah. basketball blocker in the history oh. of the sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> That's basically what I'm trying to say. I mean, you look back at like, you know, a guy like a Kongwu who was an incredible rim protector in college and he was like at an 11 or 12% block percentage. So like, this is a fantastic number number for Dern. Uh, He's like Brian said, he's the youngest player in the draft. I do think he has two qualities that are pretty darn important. So maybe I'm like talking myself out of my own opinion right now, but he's got two qualities that I think he's better than at Kessler and Williams. I think he, I don't think any of them are great passers, but I think he is probably the best kind of like short roll instinctual passer of this group. Like, like pretty clearly, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's close, honestly. Yeah. It's not super close. Like, like Spencer kind of alluded to it. Like he, he was like, you know, there's some, there's some flashes of like some good short roll decision-making. I think that's absolutely true and would be like super valuable. I also think he is the best equipped of this group to like bend his knees, sit down and try and guard a NBA guard or NBA wing in, in switch situations. Like I think he's still going to really struggle in that aspect early in his career, but I think his physical profile and athleticism, like he is the best equipped, like Spencer said, to not be played off the floor late in games because of that as an issue. He's obviously he's a great athlete. He is strong as an ox. And and again, like I know it sounds like a broken record, but he's 18. Like that's kind of crazy where where I get concerned about him is. Is offensively like like, yes, he does have the potential to become a good passer and kind of like leverage situations where the offense has an advantage and he's going downhill. I think that's important, but, and Spencer kind of talked about it a little bit, like, you know, he, he's basically either catch and finish or like use his strength to overpower like a college center. 
and kind of just like bruise his way to the basket. That just doesn't seem like a great recipe for like offensive success at the next level for him. I don't think he's going to be able to just, you know, essentially use his strength to, to overpower NBA centers and score around the basket, nor will he even really get the ball in that type of situation. Like nobody's going to throw the ball to Jalen Duran like in the post over and over again at the NBA level, obviously. So, so like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is offensively, even if he does end up being this like really impressive defensive prospect in, in those late game situations and those leverage minutes, like how is he not going to be an offensive liability? And maybe the answer to that question is he becomes a really good passer and he's an offensive rebounder and he creates extra possessions. And like, that's why to me, he's still very much a lottery pick. I think I just have a little bit more concerns about kind of like the way he's going to integrate himself into a, playoff level offense um that being said like his profile does seem to fit pretty well with what the hornets need yeah um uh, a couple of things so you know spencer was talking about his the sort of like switch scheme versatility he offers defensively and that that might be able to keep him on the court to close games out i think there are two things offensively that he can also offer both of which got touched on but like First off, the offensive rebounding, like he'll do the Tyson Chandler back tap. Mark Williams will do that too. Mark Williams got very good. Duke clearly coached him up on, on doing yeah, Mark that. Mark does that all the time. All the time. Um, you knew you knew they were going to coach him up to do that, and then he he went out and was very good at doing it this season too. I do think the passing with 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 Duran is also the thing that can keep him on the court here in these situations because it's the short roll passing, right? Nothing super advanced, not splitting the atom, but the kick out looks will pick out weak side shooters. And I think that adds intrigue to him as like a pick and roll target, right? Like he's like, yeah, he looks, he profiles seemingly as like a run jump center lob guy. Um, but he can catch in space and, and you know, the processing, like it's, it's a work in progress, but like there is something there. I think that actually matters quite a bit. The other thing that I would say, and this would, this is maybe further down the road, but I could also see him potentially being like a, a hub at the elbow in the high post, a guy that can, you know, has a nice touch on high, low entry passes when he was the one making the entry pass, he can make reads. He can pick out cutters actually when given the opportunity, he didn't get like a ton of passing possessions, but pretty creative. He can pass with either hand, just like he can block shots with either hand. You can do it at weird angles He'll try to fit passes into tight windows. That doesn't always work, but at least he's trying it, right? Like these other guys aren't even trying to do that. Um, I also think he would really benefit from playing in a like less chaotic, less frenetic system than he had at Memphis, which he's guaranteed to get in the NBA, right? And I think that translates with his finishes as well. Like he played in a cramped offense, Memphis this season, uh, a three-point attempt rate of 30.4%. That was 332nd nationally it's like one of the lowest three-point attempt rates in the country he played in a cramped offense and no one really just set the table for him like who's the table setter with memphis is it alex lomax is it tyler harris who's like a you know five nine shoot first chucker at point guard is no, it, it's, it's a great point bg you know like, what i mean they, you know, they were uh, they, i mean they kind of came on because just of their like sheer athleticism, athleticism and like yeah. their waves of depth yeah. but you're right that yeah. he was not put in a situation with a guy that could set him up for easy yeah uh, like again i saw mark williams at at duke this season we'll get into some of his numbers in a second but like duke just they were everyone on that roster was like told look for this guy in the lot man to man or if it's zone driving the gap and throw the diagonal lob in like, I mean, the amount of assists that Paolo Bancaro alone had to Mark Williams when they would run four or five pick and roll, or if he caught the ball at the nail against the zone. And just like, if he could have had that, like multiple NBA style playmakers setting him up, I think that probably would have gone a long way. I think the post passing is intriguing as well. Like, there was some up and down in terms of like how he handled double teams and passing around those coverages. The processing wasn't always great, but there were definitely flashes. The only thing is it's like, if he doesn't ever come online as like a, a post scorer, you know what I mean? And, and right now that seems possibly unlikely or only a small chance of that happening. Then like the post passing is not going to get you much. No, I think he can still be a guy that can help run DHOs at the elbow, like do that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm intrigued with that. He's got a little bit of a handle. Um, not exactly a guy that like gets into tight spaces with like a functional handle. 
but he can use it in the open floor, help flip sides of the court, like a half court set that's gotten pinned on one side of the court. Like you can see him as being a guy that could really run delay action, right? Like something the Hornets did all the time under James Braga, something the Boston Celtics do all the time with, with Al Horford, but they throw it to him in the middle. They've got two guys on each side and they get into Chicago action or they get into split action. And I just like, kind of like his ball handling skills, with like a dribble handoff specifically, like these quick flips, it's the, the smooth transition from those flips into like slipping or rolling downhill. Um, and I'd like to see him, see him do more of that. And I think you're going to get that like at the next level, right? More spacing, better ball handlers, but better creators. And I think that stuff is like the biggest separator for him versus Williams and Walker Kessler and Christian Coloco. Like he can face up and do stuff with the basketball. Um, And and so that's, that's where I'm like kind of most intrigued by. And the last thing I will circle back to you guys sort of touched on this already, but pick and roll defense. I did want to bring this up. This guy, like I just think the scheme versatility he can offer is intriguing because he can switch. I think he's going to be big enough and strong enough that he could play the drop. Like he's not, I'm guessing his standing, I'd have to double check, but like, I'm sure Mark Williams has like the biggest standing reach of these guys we're going to talk today. So, you know, maybe Duran doesn't have that necessarily, but I think he can play drop. I think he's got the footwork and the ability to play up at the level or switch. Um, and so I don't know. I think all of that is actually pretty intrigued. That he, and that's one of the other reasons why I think he could possibly stay on the court late in games because if, even if you want, if, even if you're trying to like mix coverages, you're trying to throw a different target at the offense every time down the court. Duran, I think, is a guy that could potentially give you some of that. Where okay, this time we're in switch. When this guy comes off a of DHO, we're in drop. You know what I mean? I think I think yeah. he has the ability to give you some of that. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on on Duran. If he fell to Charlotte, if Charlotte picks 13th and he falls to them, I think it's like, you know, I think it's a home run because he's probably the best player available if he falls to that range and uh, and he fits a position of need too. So I think, any other any other thoughts you guys have on, on Duran? Well, you were getting to it. The only other thing I was going to say is just like the templates that uh, like Charlotte's offensive scheme, there are already templates in the playbook that give him immediate reps, right? Yeah. You were talking about those actions and, you know, that's that's what I think is intriguing about the Duran Charlotte fit specifically is that, yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's going to probably look pretty shitty in his in his rookie year, you know, high turnover kind of guy. But, you know, Charlotte's already got these kind of things in their system. They're a high cutting team. You know, you mentioned the Chicago action. Get it. You know, just imagine Duran in, in the Plumley. you know, at the elbow yeah, situation. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. he's get, he's going to get reps. You're going to find out quickly. Uh, where we need to tap into more and where we need to reel back. And it, you couldn't say that with a big about every franchise or system in the league. So I think this fit specifically is is pretty pretty intriguing. Yeah, and you got to remember, too, like not just the pick and roll, spread pick and roll with LaMelo, you know, but also Terry is very good. Like Terry really uses those handoffs. That's kind of where he's best in terms of like no screen doubt. roll yeah. stuff, not just like spread pick and roll with Terry. But, but, you know, maybe if Duran, you know, gets it figured out and Terry's still around, then all of a sudden, like, those guys make a lot of sense as, as, as dribble handoff partners. And just, like, the front court athleticism of having, you know, Duran, Miles Bridges, and P.J. Washington is pretty, pretty fun to, to, to ponder, especially if J.T. Thor is, like, your, you know, your wild card guy, you know, coming off the bench. And Kai Jones don't want to, like, you know, have him out either. But just, like, the athletes that Charlotte would have in the front court – assuming this core stays together and like, who knows, there could be a lot of moves on the horizon for Charlotte. Some of these guys and picks could be getting pushed around, but uh, Lee, any last thoughts on Duran before we flip the page to another prospect? La- yeah. La- last thoughts would be um, an- another feather in his cap. I know we've already talked about the age, but just to contextualize it, like he's a full two years younger than both of these guys yep. we're about to talk yep. about, which is, yep. I mean, you think about what a guy like Duran would look like as a junior in, in the NCAA <laughs> and he would just, he would be a monster, you yeah. know? So like, yeah. Yeah. that's very, I think, important context. Um, and, and, and I do agree about all of the kind of like ski schematic um, synergies here with, with what he brings and what Charlotte lacks. Like there is very much kind of like a puzzle piece aspect there. And to be clear, even if I'm like slightly lower on him than y'all, if he's available at 13, like you, 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 you yeah. pick up the phone and you, yeah. you make the pick. So it's, no, it's a no brainer. I, I would be thrilled for him 
to be there. Uh, I don't think he will be, but I'd be thrilled if he was. Yeah. Someone's mock this week. I, I think it was uh, Wasserman. He, I think he had him at 12 and it was like, Ooh, that's close. A little intriguing, but I don't, I don't see him getting, I don't honestly I don't see him getting outside the top 10. Uh, even if he is sort of closer to 10. Last thing I want to say about Duran, Duran, and then we'll flip the page. I think he kind of wants it, which is a big deal for, for big guys like that. If you saw him the way, like he went at, uh, Chet Holmgren in the NCAA tournament. That was a, that was just like, it was just incredible to watch those guys go at one another. Um, I thought both had really special moments. I think everyone that came out of that was trying to have like takes about one guy versus the other guy. Like that was kind of annoying, but if you just sort of like took in the game, uh, there was some really intriguing stuff, including the fact that like Duran obviously wanted to go at Chet. And I, I kind of liked that. It, like, it, it was like know. watching like two superheroes fight. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, <laughs> that's when the NCAA tournament is like, you know, at it, like not at its best, but that's like one of the most fun moments is yeah, you get, you know, you get a Kong move or Skinzaga or you get, um, you know, but then Holmgren and Duran and they play, you know, I don't really even think of Chet as quite a center, but you know, certainly a, a big guy and another ring protector too, but all right. All right, here we go. We're going to flip the page here to Walker Kessler. Just finished the sophomore season at Auburn after playing his freshman year at North Carolina and uh, leaving right around when UNC was getting set to make its coaching change from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. There's probably a few stories in there, but we'll save those uh, for another time. Pure rim protector. Uh, and some of the, like his, some his like almost for college basketball, like quite possibly like historical, uh, you know, uh, rim protection numbers, 7.1 blocks per 40 minutes this season, 10 blocks per 100 possessions at Auburn. <laughs> Absolutely insane numbers. 18.8% block rate. Uh, going back, I did this last night, going back to the 07-08 season, only one Division One player finished the season with 18.5% or better block rate. And that was, this is a great name. Do you guys remember Larry Sanders? Oh, wow. yeah. VCU. Richmond, VCU great. Exactly. V, Larry Sanders in 2010. He and Walker Kessler are the only two guys in the Bartorvik database, which goes back to, yeah, 07-08 to finish the season with 18.5% or better That's such a good trivia question. I'm I'm packing that one away. It's it's so good. Career block rate of 17%, uh, 22% career defensive rebound rate. Only three players in the Bartorvik database with career numbers of 16% block rate and 20% defensive rebound rate. So, again, Kessler clears both those by – by a couple of percentage points. And the only three guys to do that were Walker Kessler, uh, Hassan Whiteside, which is another great name. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if, if Lee or Spencer, you saw any of Jamarian Sharp this season, the seven foot five guy at Western Kentucky. I caught a little bit of him. It's um, funny. I actually, next in my queue is Memphis, Western Kentucky. I haven't watched yeah, it yet though. He, he, I mean, he's comically big. It's, it's hilarious. Um, with Kessler on the floor this season, according to Hoop Explorer, Auburn's defense under 91 points per 100 possessions, adjusted under 87 points per 100. Uh, again, with Kessler on the court, opponents under 42% shooting on twos, 28% shooting on the mid-range, and under 50% shooting at the rim again with Kessler on the court. And those numbers, by the way, were like even pretty much with him on off Auburn was a top 10 defense. And yeah, I, I suppose it certainly helps to have a big man room that includes <laughs> Jabari Smith, Jalen Williams, and Dylan Carvel. That's, that's not, not bad, not bad talent there uh, for Bruce Pearl. Uh, as far as the rim protection goes, not the fastest mover, which is a nice way of me saying, I think he's pretty slow. Uh, however, his recovery efforts, his ability to close down space are pretty darn good because of his size and length. Um, this is a guy that has, you know, because of the system that he was in was asked to get out and switch. I don't think that's something he's going to do at the next level. I think defensively, he's a guy that you're probably hoping can, can be a drop center for you. Like, I think ultimately that's, that's kind of what you would like to get is him be a guy that could just sort of close down the paint and be a power rim protector offensively. We can get into this more, but, but I'll turn it over to you guys. I do think like, like in terms of the system, he needs to play with like a, like a four that can stretch it because I think the offense is, is pretty limited, but yeah. Uh, Lee, why don't we start with you? Uh, I know you're a guy that's been high on Kessler throughout the season. What were your thoughts on year two Walker Kessler with the Auburn Tigers? Yeah. So 
Kessler has been it was a guy I have kind of remained pretty high on. I will say though that I think as the season went along, I, I I think I just became a little more like rational and aware of his limitations um than I was early in the season. So I have cooled on him just a bit, but like you already did a great job of laying out kind of like his historical rim protection and block numbers, which are just mind-boggling. Part of it is is his length. Um, obviously, part of it is his size. I think one other like really awesome quality he has is kind of uh, like his timing. You know, he does a really good job of like sniffing out when a when, when an attacking offensive player is going to try to like do a cheeky reverse layup or is going to try and like throw a couple ball fakes. And like there are times where he would where he would get in foul trouble. Um, but he, he generally does a really good job of like anticipating when an offensive player is going to try and like be deceptive about a finish and, and generally like still pretty much erases those attempts. Um, he does have this kind of, I think I, I would almost describe it as like a bad habit because I think he relies so heavily on his ability to rim protect. It's like he, he, he almost like he almost relies on it too much at times where he will give up some easy baskets because he like kind of overestimated his own ability to recover on a play. And some of that is just due to the fact that, like you said, Brian, like he is just kind of slow. So, so the way I'm kind of thinking about Kessler is like, I I believe the rim protection fully translates particularly as like kind of like a rotational help uh, defender um, and, and even like in one-on-one like defensive matchups, I, I think he's going to be doing a pretty good job. I think as a drop defender, he'll do a great job rim protecting against attacking guards. Offensively, the way I think about it is like one of two things is going to have to happen for Kessler to, to, to truly like realize his potential as like a starting level center, um, which is going to be an uphill battle, I think, for him, like, like it is for any young prospect. He's either going to have to become – a good passer, which seems unlikely, frankly, like I, I re- like I wish so bad that Kessler was a good passer, but he's, he's just not there yet. If he was, it's a completely different conversation, I think. Um, or the shooting is going to have to come online that I'm like a little bit more optimistic on. It's 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 not there yet by any means. I think he was 10 for 50 from the three point line this year at all. Correct. He's not like scared to shoot but it's it's not the the mechanics are not completely sound he was he was 59 percent from the free throw line 53 for 89 so like it's it's a it's gonna be a long arduous journey of 500 a thousand shots a day for walker kessler for multiple years probably to ever become like an average 35 percent three-point shooter like that that is a (laughs) <laughs> that is a big task for him to do. I, I, I think it's possible. Like I don't hate all of his mechanics. I just, I just think he has a long way to go there. I think the point I'm trying to make is for teams not to essentially treat him like Mason Plumley. he's going to have to either be able to pass or shoot. I am slightly more optimistic on the shooting than I am the passing, but I think it's like, I think if you're a detractor of Walker Kessler, it's very fair to say that neither of those two things come online. And then that mixed with the lack of defensive versatility and ability to switch would be kind of enough to kill him as a prospect in regards to ever being like a truly important rotation player on a good team. All that being said, I'm torn here. Like it feels like the Hornets could be in a situation where Duran and Williams are gone and they're forced to decide if they think they should like quote unquote reach a little bit on Kessler at 15. And that is a tough decision. Like I am very much kind of like either undecided or torn, however you want to describe it on whether that would be a good decision to go ahead and take him off the board or if they could, or if they should just continue to like fill their war chest with like good athletic wings and guards, you know, like that's a tough yeah. call. And I'm for, not sure for, for me that actually, uh, and I just wanted to mention this real quickly. That for me is not that tough of a call. Um, 
I would, I would, I would go upside wing there over. Like I'm, I don't want to, I'm not taking, I'm not taking Kessler mid first round um, though. I do like him as a prospect. Yeah. I, I think there's like a really, really good NBA player in here uh, because I think if you just boil it down and look at these three guys, who's the one that comes with the most NBA ready skill right now? It's Walker Kessler and a shot blocking, right? Like it's, like you have that right now and it's elite. I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty elite or at least above average to be sure in the NBA right away. Day one. I, I don't want to break anybody's brain, but I, I can't help but see a little bit of go bear uh, defensively when you watch Kessler. I mean, seriously, like I'm not, that's probably a reach. Uh, so forgive me, but there, there's a lot of similarities here. Um, and that's not a, always a good thing either, right? Like he's <laughs> right. not going to be able to hang in on switches you know, he is slow. You guys have both touched on that. I think his fit in Charlotte is really intriguing from this perspective. You already have Kai Jones, who's kind of the antithesis of Kessler at that position in the pipeline. You have another lottery pick. We're just assuming they're going to use both where you could get a Jeremy Sojan, uh, who covers up for all of Kessler's late game sins. You know what I mean? So like there's ways to place the, the, the chess pieces on the board where I think that maybe Kessler's the perfect regular season center for Charlotte, right? Is the way would I, I would kind of look at it. Just to just to cover up for that just awful deficiency that this team has had for years and years and years now, which is shot blocking. Just a guy in the middle that just deters stuff away. And and you live with the deficiencies on offense. Opponents, yeah. Yeah, that just gives just upgrades that piece of this team's game. Um, yeah, but I mean, how you make him fit in offensively, uh, I, am not really sure about his fit with LaMelo. Um, that, that would be, that would be a tough coaching adjustment to make with the way these guys like to play offense. I'm not sure he, he really fits the, the up-tempo style either. Although I do think he can run a straight line. Um, I was kind of surprised when I started watching the film. I wouldn't call him an athlete, but he's, he's better as a straight line sprinter than maybe I was even expecting. Um, so anyways, I mean, you guys pretty much touched on all the strengths and weaknesses, but I think if you just bullet down, you look at, here's a player <clears throat> that I think is an above average, again, think about it as regular season NBA center. I, I do think that's Walker Kessler. Now it's the same conversation we always have though. It's like, does that translate to a winning playoff five? And that's the answer. That's not always yes. So it's like the tale of, I think there's enough in here to, to draft him at 15. I probably wouldn't do it at 13, but I think there's enough in here to draft him at 15 and work with him on his athleticism, try to mine a shot, you know, out of here. I I think you're right, Lee. I don't think there's really a a great passing big in here. And it look, he kind of has a catapult jump shot right now uh, where he loads it up on his right side and just the elbow just kind of catapults the cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a kind way to describe it probably. (laughs) (laughs) But, but also I, 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 his willingness to shoot it is a starting point, right? Like that's always a starting point for a big, like, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got enough confidence, albeit maybe some irrational confidence to shoot it. So let's, let's work off of that. So, I don't know. Now I'm rambling, so I'll yeah. stop talking. But I do think that I wouldn't be upset if Charlotte drafted Walker Kessler at 15. I think there's that one skill set. They're like, okay, let's build off of that. Yeah, it's just, again, I, I hear you guys. Um, I'm down with taking – I would be down with Mark Williams at 15. Um, I do think there's like um, – I think there's like a tier between them in terms of prospects. And and given the given like the, these guys is like sort of like archetypal – centers you know true centers that it might just be like one or two tiers but it's a lot in my mind like i it i think kessler's a guy that's like yeah you you know you could you can just get him uh, much later in the draft but what i will say about kessler as far as the offense goes two things real quickly first off MJ and Mitch are not taking the guy that transferred out of UNC with the 15th pick. I think we can feel, I think we can feel pretty, I think we can feel pretty confident about that. Oh my God, uh, Brian, I'm so jealous of that point. I don't know how I didn't yeah, think of that. Yeah, that's true. Like, All right, we don't need to talk about that. It's, yeah. it's just not happening. Um, but I'll, and, uh, what did you guys brought up the, the Plumlee comp a second ago? I will say I was watching the Auburn, when well, the second Auburn Ole Miss game yesterday and like, 
pretty early in the game, Jabari Smith throws him a lob and like, he doesn't dunk it, but he like, uh, Kessler does like catch it in the air and like reverse lays it in. So maybe he's got more of the, the plum dog in him than, than we even think. But as far as the jump shot goes, like this has been a part of his game that's been discussed since he arrived at UNC and it just hasn't happened yet. Even with the, like the volume that increased considerably this season at, at Auburn, for me, it's, it's a little hard to be bullish on it right now. A career 20% three point shooter, 11 to 45. That's a pretty small sample to be clear, like 50 shots, basically nothing. You got to do remember that like, those are all open unguarded looks. Right. So it's like, these are like the juiciest three point opportunities. Um, and it's still not going in really. You mentioned the free throw percentage under 58% bad indicator. Obviously the form is awkward. It's a big concern. Um, it's slow. And it was, it's just so funny when you watch Auburn games and just like comparing the release of Jabari Smith, who's this like 6'10 shooting robot, you know, <laughs> like rough, just, rough comparison. Rough. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's such a funny, cause this again, Kessler is so slow and watching Jabari Smith shoot is like borderline, like therapeutic. It's yeah, it, unbelievable. Special shooting prospect uh, to say the least. Um, and look, I think it's possible that like Kessler cleans some of that stuff up. And if so, maybe that allows him to hit another level as a shooter. Right. But even if he comes, becomes some type of a, a shooter, like I'm still not sure like he becomes like a quote unquote, like a stretch five guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe it's more like the Nurkic capacity, right? Streaky middling efficiency, even off of wide open looks with a ton of space where he catches it. The defense is willing to give him that shot. And he's just going to say, screw it. I'm so open. There's six seconds left on the shot clock. It's not like I can like get into a secondary action here. Like I'm getting the shot up. Best case scenario, maybe someone like Valanciunas, where it's like decent efficiency, but low volume, all wide open looks. So like maybe, maybe that, but like it, we got a ways to go. I'm sure he'll try to shoot it, is the last thing I'll say, which I think maybe that maybe that should install a little bit of confidence that he's clearly gonna work at it and try it. And so I think that's good. Again, in terms of fit, I just think he needs to play on a team that 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 offers uh, a stretch four offensively, a la PJ or, or Miles Bridges or maybe JT Thor. So at least in terms of Charlotte's fit, they, they check those boxes. But just right now, because he doesn't really shoot and he doesn't pass, like you, you get, he's going to be in the role of, you know, screen, dive, and offensive rebound. So you're going to need to sort of like augment that as best as you can. Just real quick, and let's move on. But just fair warning, if you haven't watched Auburn film yet, um, I mean, to have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler sharing a front court together and to struggle like that team, I mean, the guard play is – not borderline therapeutically. Uh, yeah. Very, very, very rough watch. Like, it literally, if you almost put that front court in, in, in most other situations in Power 5 basketball, it's better. Those Auburn, Auburn guards were just, like, brutal. I, I wanted to like Wendell Green Jr. this year. I really did. And I, I think he had flashes. Um, but it, it, uh, it did not all come together. And certainly like Alan Flanagan being hurt and just like having a completely lost season. Like yeah. he's not like a, you know, a, a pure playmaker, but certainly a guy that can make stuff happen um, in a bunch of different spots on the floor that, that hurt them, uh, uh, you know, a fair amount. Like, can you imagine if Sharif Cooper stuck around for one more year? Oh all of a sudden he's in Auburn, just spoon feeding both. Like you've got the best passer in the country feeding those Kelsey's guys. Good. Kessler's probably like a shoe in top 10, just having yeah. a, a guy like that. You know what I mean? Like the, the guard play, I mean, to just not be able to tap into those two front court guys yeah. in, in a way that they could have is, is yeah. kind of amazing. It's Follow. not a direct comparison, but there are some aspects of the description you were, you were making with Memphis uh, BG yeah. where like, they're no, for sure. like just not a great yeah. table setter to use your words. And the other thing I'll say is like, there were times where Jabari Smith would have like almost like borderline bad body language. And I don't even hold it against him. No, like, not at all. Not he at deserved all. to be frustrated at times because For they sure. just would not give him the ball in like good situations as he's like, like I was watching the Mississippi state game. He was on <laughs> fire and they just like wouldn't throw him the ball. In yeah. the second half. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Just the ultimate irrational confidence the, backcourt. The, uh, it's uh, unbelievable. It, it, again, it, it's like if and when we talk about Jabari Smith, it's, it has to be a part of the conversation. Um, the lack of shooting around him was just like it was comical at times this season to watch. Like, again, 
the difference between like the best shooter on a team and the second best shooter on a team, I don't think you're going to find a bigger like Delta than, than what you saw at Auburn uh, this season. It was uh, pretty hilarious, but all right. Uh, for third and final guy here, Mark Williams just finished. And by the way, Kessler will be 21 at the start of next season. Uh, the NBA Jalen Duran will still be 18 for a few more weeks. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, Mark Williams just came off a monster sophomore season, ACC defensive player of the year. Although, uh, let's be real, it should have been uh, Reese Beekman uh, at Virginia, as I wrote thousands and thousands of words about why that should have been the case. Um, including That's all right. Reese has got next year. He's, just, he's yeah, front runner for next season. Allow me, but they're going to give it to Leaky Black. Like, just, I'm sorry, Spencer, it's, it's going to be Leaky Black. It's not fair, but it's, it's, well, you, it's it is you know, I feel like you can pull some strings here, BG. You got to do something. I tried. About this. I tried. The injustice is getting out of control. It, it was uh, the most frustrating thing about this. And we'll, we'll, like, I'm bringing it up now because we'll talk about it, but it was like, how can you how can you be the ACC Defensive Player of the Year and you literally get played off the court in like a handful yeah, it, of games this season? Like because the defense, because teams are picking and popping against you. It's um, just yes, yeah, the it's the Gobert debate. What, 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 yeah, yeah, the what, I, yeah. I wrote like literally before they played before they played Texas Tech in the tournament. I wrote a thing called Root Mark Williams and the Rudy Gobert Factor um, because Texas Tech switches so much. So that had a little bit more to do with offensively, but there was some stuff in there about his defense as well. So. 11% block rate, 4.8 blocks per 40 minutes. Um, he shot 78% at the rim this season, which is nutty. 96 dunks this season, which was number one uh, in the individual one basketball. Uh, since 2007, 2008, Williams is one of seven division one players to finish a year with 95 dunks. And the other guys are pretty, pretty cool names. Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, Obi Toppin, Montrez Harrell, Taco Fall, and uh, Udoka. So pretty good company there uh, for Williams in terms of – now, it certainly helped that Duke played a lot of games this season, to be clear. But, uh, yeah, he threw down a, a lot of dunks. Um, like, I think Mark Williams made – you could see the light coming on within the final 10 games of his freshman season before Duke's year – which was a weird season for Duke, but they really hit on something late in the year with moving Matthew Hurt back to the four – not you know, Jalen Johnson leaves, moving Hurt to the four and playing Williams as this like rim runner, rim, rim protector at, at center. And that's something that translated this season with Paolo Bancaro, not the shooter that Matthew Hurt is, but just an incredible playmaker at that at the four spot. And, and Duke really found hit on something with those two guys. But I think he made tremendous strides as a defender, even though he can still get played off the floor when opponents go five out or start cooking and pick and roll or pick and pop action. Like, his fundamentals have really improved there, but he still gets burned in the pick and roll. And I think some of that was like Duke missing on like some sort of like baseline instructions for where to place him. I think they wanted him to play up to the level too much. Um, and I think that caused issues on the backside of, of, I think teams were able to get to the rim uh, around Williams just because like there was just too much of gap in the middle of the lane. And I sort of worry about that getting to the NBA. I mean, I think some of that stuff will get straightened out, but just given like the collective shooting, passing ball handling in the NBA, you know, I, I do worry a little bit about Williams being able to hold up in the pick and roll unless he's being asked to just drop. Um, but he's going to need, he's going to need work there. I will say the game against Michigan state in the NCAA tournament was just a dominant performance in drop defense. Um, like just as good as it's going to be, and that's the kind of that's the one you got you want to remember with Williams. Just like he has the ability to be uh, to be dominant in terms of drop coverage. And look at him getting this tip finish over NC State. Look at NC State's crappy pick and roll defense trying to ice that, and they can't even keep dang ball on one side of the court. Jericho Helms, where are you as the low man? Come on, man. Look at that. Trevor Keel's looking them off. Brian breaking down film for us as we. So frustrating. I was, I was at that game. That, that, that play happened mere feet from me. Um, but I think an organization a la Charlotte could look at Williams and they see a defensive stabilizer with the, like the right player development. So it's a team that wants to play drop in the pick and roll has to be intrigued by Williams a nine foot eight standing reach, which is just insane. And you believe it when you see him, like he's legit seven feet. His size is ridiculously big. He gets off the floor very quickly, quick leaping abilities, quick second jump, good speed. He does cover a lot of ground, even though I feel like he never was quite enough of a presence in like on pick and pop looks. 
Like he can, he can get out and contest, but it's just, those shots are still going to be there. Um, and they were there in college. They'll be there in the NBA has a tendency to overhelp, you know, is going to lunge for blocks and will leave the rim exposed for putbacks or offensive rebounds. Again, I think some of that's internal, but I also think Duke really like empowered him and said, we want you to be terrifying for teams. We want you to try to block every shot. And so I, I think, you know, that'll get corrected. That'll get smoothed out. He'll also get stronger, which will help. Like even smaller players this season were able to post him up. You saw this with Jaden Gardner at Virginia. You saw this with uh, Zed Key at Ohio State. Like the, 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 the six, seven, six, eight college power forward, college centers, those guys can like back him down. Sidney Curry from Louisville. We're playing Louisville highlights uh, on the screen right now. Sidney Curry put him underneath the basket on a couple of design post-ups in this game. But, uh, but defensively, there's a lot of upside there, and he would make a lot of sense for Charlotte because he fits a need on both sides of the court as a guy that can dive, screen, uh, get to the rim, finish, play above the rim, catch lobs. Like He's very good at doing that, pretty good body control. Um, defensively, going to need to get more coordinated, going to need to get more athletic, and going to need to get stronger. So, uh, Spencer... What are your thoughts on Mark Williams as a prospect? And uh, yeah, as a, I guess a fellow, um, I guess you're not from Virginia, but you lived in Virginia for a period of time. So a guy, a guy that, that has spent some time in the Commonwealth as well. Yeah. From Virginia beach played at Norfolk Academy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, <clears throat> you know, it, a few things that stick out about Williams, you know, his in, in terms of strengths and, and why I would tend to be bullish, you know, he's improved a lot in like space you know, 16 yeah. to 18 months or whatever. I, I think you mentioned what sticks out the most about him. Just, you know, when you're comparing him to these other prospects we've talked about today, his, so it's, he's definitely the most athletic of these three from like waist down. I mean, he gets off, he's so light on his feet. He gets off the floor so quickly. You mentioned his second jump. Um, that's, that's really, really intriguing to me on the offensive glass, you know, obviously being able to block shots, uh, in a quick twitch way, which I'm not sure the other two prospects can say it in the same way, you know, that, that Williams can. He's probably like the most complete out of these three prospects, too, just in terms of like things you can tap into on both ends of the floor. Um, Duke, not the uh, <laughs> most well-disciplined man-to-man uh, defensive team traditionally under Coach K, not the last few years. So I always think it's it's kind of – it's a tough scout looking at their bigs uh, because the discipline does tend to be so all over the map. But you mentioned, like, he very clearly could be a dominant drop center um, on the defensive end. So, you know, and I do think that Charlotte could tap into that. I'm, I'm still just like not sure where I land Williams overall. I think that defensively, you know, again, his athleticism, his shot blocking, uh, ability to be a drop center that you can kind of anchor your defense behind, that's all good. I, I'm not sure the, uh, about how the rest of it translates. You know, right now he's a, he's a catch and dunk kind of guy, a lob threat. Can he be a passing, you know, just a – decent you know you can survive with him passing big in the nba i'm not sure about that yet uh and then obviously i, I don't think there's any kind of shooting potential here so offensively I, I just i don't i don't know i don't know where i i stand quite yet on him but i i wouldn't be upset to see charlotte you know take him at at 13 or even 15 because i i think he's ready to play day one uh and mentioned all the things defensively you know that he's going to bring to the table i i just still think like honestly i I'd probably rather have like a Walker, a Walker Kessler type, just that I know I'm getting this one elite skill on day one, can plug and play that and then build around it. Uh, I think Williams does a lot of things really, really good and, and nothing great. So uh, from, from that standpoint, I, I'm still just a little undecided, I guess. All right. Full disclosure. I love Mark Williams. Like I, uh, as the, as the season has progressed, you guys both kind of talked about something that I think is really interesting. It's kind of like this idea of a development arc, you know, and and how how rapidly is a player improving? And Mark Williams seems to fit that mold really nicely. Like I go back to like uh, even even like I go way back to a guy like SGA and like. Late in his seat, late in his freshman year at Kentucky, it felt like he was improving by like 
5% like every game he played like sec tournament and, and things like that. So like, I always try to, and even though it's not a direct comparison, obviously like guard big, all that, but like SGA was a freshman, Mark Williams, a sophomore, but like just, just the idea of like how quickly a player is progressing and a prospect is progressing in their development arc, I think is, is a really important thing to think about and a really interesting conversation to have I mean, Spencer said it like how, how much has this guy improved over the last 18 months? Like it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, he was, he was like borderline, like, you know, com- completely um, unusable, you know, his first, his first uh, few, few uh, months at Duke. Um, and now he's become one of the, you know, premier draft prospects in this class. So a couple things like number one, uh, you got like, Brian, you're right. Like he, he is a bit overzealous at times um, as a rim protector, as a help defender, and that put that put Duke in some bad spots at times. He also was in probably the best situation. I, I think kind of un, not, like not even debatable. Out of these three guys, he was in the best situation to succeed because of Duke's like, I mean, you know, supreme talent and roster construction and and the fact that they had two guards that were actually willing to to, to set him up for easy baskets. You talked about like everyone on that everyone on that roster was like it, even, it was, the, even, the power, was even the power forward was like on setting him up, you know, and, and to be clear, maybe that's uh, not maybe I, I do think that's what gives me a little bit of pause. Like this guy was spoon fed almost yes. everything yeah. offensively this year, you yeah. know, and so that I don't know. That, that can certainly play into the improvement, right? He's definitely improved. Not sure how much he has offensively in, in a vacuum, maybe. Yeah, agree. Yeah, keep going, Lee, and then I'll, I'll jump in on it. So the, I'll, I'll kick it right back to you. The only, the only counterpoint I think I would make to that is it, it's certainly a concern, and I think it's very, very true. But I think a guy like – LaMelo like will do that for him. And and that's why I kind of really like totally him. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to see. Yeah. I mean, LaMelo is a great, you know, he's the great call and, and getting, getting to play with someone like bridges, you know, a guy that can, can really pass at that spot is, uh, is pretty impressive too. Um, as far as him being spoon fed. Yeah. I mean, like Wendell Moore jr. To Mark Williams, 42 assists this season. That was tied for number one on the team with wow. Wendell Moore jr. To Bancaro, 42 assists. Paolo Bancaro to Mark Williams, 39 assists this season. Jeremy Roach to Mark Williams, 32 assists this season. Trevor Peels to Mark Williams, 25 assists. I mean, like no surprise. It's like all of Duke's awesome guards and future NBA players uh, passed him the ball very well. Uh, so yeah, he was in, he was in the ideal situation offensively. I think defensively, you know, maybe there's some stuff you can talk about a little bit. Duke was definitely like more versatile guarding pick and rolls when Theo John was out there. Maybe not like as good as just having like Williams in the drop and Williams in protection, but John being able to switch or being able to show and, and slide a little bit better, 20 some feet from the hoop was, uh, something to, to keep an eye on. This was something else that I brought up during the season uh, when doing the very stupid and silly defensive player of the year argument, Duke's defense was actually <laughs> less efficient with Mark Williams on the court this season, 103 points for 100 possessions with Williams off the court, 96.3 points. Um, even when you adjust it, they were still better with him on the bench this season. That's, you never want to build too much off just like individual defensive rating, right? Because so much goes into that. Um, and we, we can be far more savvy with how we're evaluating these prospects. So again, Williams has the chance to be a special rim protector. Honestly, for me, it's kind of like, I know Kessler's numbers are better in terms of blocks. I think they're both like, I think like, I think Williams, I think they're like similar rim protectors. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, again, maybe that's silly to argue because Kessler's numbers are so impressive, but Williams' ability to block shots is, 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 you know, is still like a 99 in this class, in, in kind of in, in my opinion. So um, I worry about the scheme versatility uh, defensively, even though I think he showed the ability at times to guard higher. Duke used him to switch at times. And, like, he doesn't really get down in his stance, but laterally he's pretty, pretty athletic. And that's something mm-hmm. Coach K actually talked about this season a lot, where he was like, even from, like, November until, like, February this year, in the eyes of the staff at Duke, they thought Williams laterally got more explosive. It was more fluid. 
Um, I would tend to agree with them on that as well, although there's still a lot of stuff to iron out. As far as the like some of these sort of like marginal offensive things we're talking about, he showed a little ability to like face up and pass, like kind of on the like occasionally on the short roll, once every couple of games. Every but, now and then when he would yeah, like catch at the elbow and face up, he can do attack, that a little like, bit too. Be attacking the basket and like a help defender would come over and like he would dump it down. Like yeah. pretty like pretty like uh simple stuff, but at least yeah. some flashes. Yeah, not 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 incapable, um for sure. But yeah, it's just not fluid yet. And there's there's some processing happening. Yeah. You know, not and not to say that that can't improve, but it just I'm not yeah. sure where I stand on quite yet. Yeah, and, and again, like the shot, I mean, he's not going to be a, a stretch five. He did occasionally at times, like even back to his freshman year, catches the elbow or at the nail and like face up. And he's actually got a little bit of touch. And I think that does translate to the fact that he shot, I mean, 66% on free throws for his career. I was going to say, sneaky good free throw shooter. 73% this season too. Again, he's, he's got a little bit of touch. I think he does need to – I think this is something he was improving on as the season went along too, but it would really need to ramp up in the NBA – is the backline communication. Like, you want to talk about, dude, that was a defense. Like, some of their defensive issues was like, they didn't talk. They just didn't talk enough. And I saw, I was at basically every home game this season for Duke. So that's something he's going to have to work on. He's a little, like, you don't want this to be a knock against him because, like, I think he dials it up. But, like, he's a little soft-spoken. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he's a, he's a like, uh, a, like, very personable, thoughtful person. Um, so he's the kind of guy I think you would want to have in the locker room. Like, he's got the mentality to want to learn and get better. But he's going to have to improve as a communicator, you know, quarterbacking the the back line of the defense. Just in terms of fit, it's like 7-1, rim run, vertical lob threat, pick and roll, vertical lob threat partner for Lamelo that he just doesn't have right now. Besides when they do the, the bridges, Lamelo pick and roll. Sneaky good free throw shooter was the other point I wanted to make. It's just, It just seems like a super, super clean fit. And, and I, I was actually at that Michigan State game uh, in Greenville in the NCAA tournament. And he, I mean, and look, like Michigan State, like they had a decent front line. I mean, they had Marcus Bingham, they had Marble, like they had Lee Hall. Yeah. Lee Hall, like they have some bodies. And he yeah. was just overwhelming is like the way I would put it from, from a, from a finishing around the rim standpoint, from a, from a rim protection standpoint, just, mm-hmm. just completely outclassed those guys. And the, the only other uh, thing I wanted to bring up that's kind of more of a question for you, honestly, BG, because you saw this guy so intimately throughout the season. I came away thinking he has pretty good hands. Do you have any, like, pushback there from a, like, catching standpoint? You know, I think they're pretty good. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like these are, you know, he catches everything. But, no, I think for the most part he's pretty solid. It was definitely not like an, a weakness. I'll say right. that. Exactly. Um, I think, uh, again, I think he's pretty reliable – both like catching in space, maybe he doesn't know what to do with it, but like right. he can kick the catch and catching above the rim and in rebounds. Certainly he's got the back tap capability as well, which we sort of touched on earlier. He's very good at doing that. He's been schooled to do that. Do clearly drilled that into his head. So creating yeah. extra possessions, I think would be a great fit to um, for the Hornets from an offensive rebound standpoint. Yeah. And, and a guy that like will okay like if he's playing closer to the level will look to like get a steal like his steal numbers for a bigger like pure rim protector weren't like weren't all that bad something to probably uh, mention the last thing I'll say about Williams look I believe he's a better prospect than Kessler and Coloco and I'm fine like I'm cool with Charlotte taking him at 15 um, I'd be thrilled I do think there's a, I do think there's a little bit of opportunity cost but I'm cool with it to be clear like is taking him in that slot worth not trying for like an athletic wing with some upside. Right. Like it depends. Like, you know, it depends on probably what you think about like is Jeremy Sohan there? Is Tari Eason there? Is what do you think about Josh Minot? I like him quite a bit. But uh if you, take, if you take yeah, he's good. He's I like him a lot. But Williams would be a totally suitable pick, especially if they keep both these first round picks. You get the wing at 13 and then you get uh Williams at 15. I actually think that's that actually would be a pretty a pretty good first round selection if you get Sohan and Williams or Easton and Williams. Like I, I really like that. This, this was really fun. These are three yeah. guys that I think are very applicable to Hornets kind of uh, Hornet fans right now as they get up for the draft. And yeah, just keep a lookout. I think we're we're definitely going to do some more draft prospect pods. So keep a lookout. Definitely. Like, wasn't sure if Richie was going to mention this on an intro or an outro, but we will be doing more of these broken down by position group. 
Uh, so we hit on the big guys because that's a topic of conversation, especially with the Hornets. But we're going to break these down into like, you know, wings and scores and, and uh, you know, guard scores and, and certainly some of the upside wings that we mentioned, like Easton, like so on. So we're going to have a lot of draft content coming out the next six weeks or so. So thank you for listening to this episode of BuzzBeat for Brian, Richie, Spencer, and Lee. Uh, signing off for now. We will talk to you guys soon. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.